1: Can you feel it? There it is, thumping through your brain, pounding through your veins. Are you ready? It is time, wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune into DLC, especially if you are one of our geeks and sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes with gaming goodness because DLC is is your downloadable commentary for the week, delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week. Casper, Audible, and Simple Contacts are bringing the show to you, DLC. Of course, the show, all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard, especially this week. I am your host, Jeff Kanata. that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis, the guy who is no longer hiding his best material behind loot boxes, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello,
0: Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, audience. Also, up top, a shout out to friend of the show, and just friend in general, uh, Amanda and I went to The Midnight when they played here live in L.A., holy crap sold out the globe theater the tim is a expletive expletive genius these guys is their second live show ever we've talked about the midnight on this show before usually as like a parting gift my god this is gonna be a thing i'm gonna tell my kids like oh yeah i saw them at a a small theater a small club i, I they're like a year away from playing arenas if that all that's gonna ruin this band's uh trajectory is like infighting like i picture like tim and tyler be like i'm the reason for the band but my god, they're so good. People had blow up saxophones that they were waving in the audience. Just uh, mwah. yeah,
1: we, we are both giant fans in the midnight. Hopefully, you guys have listened to their new album, which is phenomenal. So good, uh, yeah. So, I'm very jealous I did not get to attend to that with you. If they play again, you gotta go see them live. See them. I live. was at Board Game Geek Con this weekend oh. as a special guest, uh, so we'll be talking definitely some tabletop time this episode. Thanks at the top to all of the awesome people that came up to me at Board Game GeekCon and said that they listened to the show and uh, that they love tabletop time, that they wish it was still in every single episode. Dude had a shirt. Dude had a do. shirt. Dude had a shirt. I saw an old school, like at least eight-year-old uh, totally rad show shirt this guy had that was like still holding together somehow. Um, we had, I had, we had a panel. There were people asking about you, Christian, Aww. and it was great. It was, it was really great. And, uh, we'll be talking board games in this episode. Cause I played a cubic buttload. I played now. one. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, but we also have news to talk about. There's still big releases. It's still the end of the year and there's still tons of games to talk about. And the best news is guys. We have an awesome guest to do it with. You know, that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, oh man, I'm excited because once again, DLC stands for diversity looks cool because from gaming looks good and math looks good, as well as the Spawn on Me podcast, one of our favorite guests, Sharif Jackson is back with us. Hey, Reef, what's up, buddy? Hey
2: guys, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me yet again. Setting off your Sunday night just right.
1: That is right. Yeah, we are recording a little early and we probably will be uh, as our usual recording time. So if you're one of the people that's been hanging out with us in the chat room on Mondays, we are changing our normal recording time to Sunday evenings, at least for the next few weeks. Uh, maybe longer. Um, So hopefully maybe that'll actually allow more people to hang out with us. We're streaming two ways now, both on Twitch and on caffeine at caffeine.tv slash Jeff Kanata and twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. So lots of ways to come and hang out and participate live with us. Um, And guys, we got a lot, we got a lot to talk about. Sharif, I have been wanting to have you on. You are sort of, I I think of you as our go-to Nintendo guy. Uh, here on DLC, because you are a Nintendo aficionado, lover of all things, Thank NIN. and Yeah, and uh, there's been a few big NIN releases since you've been on last. So um, I'm excited to hit those when we get to the playlist and other stuff we've been talking about. But let's start the show the way we always do, with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration by visiting our subreddit. That is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Really cool folks hanging out there talking about stories, talking about our show, talking about video games in general. Um, Really cool community of folks. So I encourage you to give it a shot. But Reef, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week?
2: Uh, I think my story of the week, um, usually MPDs are not something that really gets, um, you know, my much attention from me. Um, but I think mm-hmm. it's fairly interesting um, how in October that Nintendo is pulling some pretty massive numbers um, for all of its products, basically. Um because not only was the Nintendo Switch the top-selling console um, in October, um, but the the SNES Classic Mini, you know, obviously a, a very old piece of hardware, but packaged in a new and tasty format, was number two <laughs> uh, on the MPD charts.
1: Yeah. Uh, beating PlayStation 4 and Xbox One are two Nintendo consoles that are both supply constrained so who knows how much they would have spanked the competition uh if you had been able to actually walk into any store and get both of those at at any time during october but uh that is actually pretty amazing news for nintendo to be uh selling that well of course playstation 4 and xbox one um aren't the the new hotness they're not the shiny new thing like those other two consoles are well one of them is well, I but not, not in October, October. That's yeah. right. not in October. Right. So this is the MPDs that came out now, meaning they're a month right. old. So it, this is pre Xbox one X. It'll be really interesting to see what next or yeah December's MPDs for November are like. So we'll see. You know, supposedly Microsoft said that Xbox one X is, is selling very well for them. So we will see. Uh, Nintendo does not report exact numbers to MPD. They're a little cagey about that, but we can surmise based on the numbers that they are beating below them. uh, They they sold well in excess of 600,000 Nintendo units in total. So that's combining those two uh, systems. Pretty good. Pretty darn good. Um, Sharif, I don't think this is a a surprise that people are buying up Nintendo consoles, which is, Popular, it's certainly got a software library that uh, will, would impress anybody at this point uh, with two sort of modern classics. One might argue, and then a Super NES that had a lot of online buzz and people were snatching them up. So, um, does it surprise you, or does it just feel kind of fun and reassuring? Um, it
2: still does surprise me. I mean, the PS4 has been selling at you know pretty much historical levels of um, you know volume since it launched. Um, and has been going fairly steady. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of news about you know, you know, Microsoft being behind and all that. So I'm not as surprised as the Switch outselling the One, but I am excited. I am I'm not excited. I am surprised at it outselling the PS4, um, especially because I don't believe that the Pro really takes away sales that would normally go to the PS4 console. I do think that the Pro, you know, is for a sort of a, a a smaller niche audience um and I think we'll see the same thing with the 1X as well. Like like I don't think like the regular Xbox numbers are going to dip that much. Um I'm assuming that the, that you know that um you know that there's not going to be people that were deciding between the 1X and the 1S. Um, you know, and and yeah. and like are gonna not, are I don't think that there's gonna be many people that buy a one X that were originally planning on buying a one a one S, you know, or one.
1: Well, the interesting thing will be, especially for next month's NPDs, which will include Black Friday in them, because that's still in October, or excuse me, and still in November. Uh and we're seeing these crazy discounts on the Xbox One S so and maybe that's
0: PS4 that... you can get a PS4 slim for like i think it's like 190 or 199 also like they're very yeah. the Xbox One S i think is 189 and the PlayStation 4 slim i think is 199 it's they're both ridiculously cheap
1: price to move baby get in now what's it going to take to get you inside one of these consoles huh <laughs> um anecdotally i will say i spent uh, not this this weekend but the weekend before i spent with my sister's family and she has got a 13 year old and he just got a PlayStation 4 Pro even though they don't have a 4K TV but he just wanted to
0: play- but you can't turn pro until you're 16 i mean that's the PlayStation union they passed that
1: <laughs> no he's uh yeah no he's being uh heavily recruited right now He's just he just it's more of a letter of intent oh got it
0: yeah Yeah. okay
1: they got a hat for him and the whole there was a whole ceremony he signed big was-
0: baller brand which is now the yeah. Amer- the brand of america <laughs> yeah um
1: but yeah, no, he got he got the Destiny Two PlayStation Four Pro bundle and and plays on his 1080p t- TV. So uh, he that's one he wanted.
0: I don't know, you know, 13 year olds, who who knows?
1: I think that's anecdotally.
0: I think that's a pretty attractive bundle. It comes with the game and the season pass of destiny Two. So if you're looking to get a PS4, like it's, you know, it's not priced higher and you get the white PS4 pro, which I think is only available in that bundle here in the U S but I I feel like it's, he wanted it because
1: he gets the white PS4, controller which lets him differentiate oh, from his little brother so like he, he, the white the white controller is all his like do not get your fingerprints on my controller
0: <laughs> uh it came up in the chat too, uh burgundy's musk saying like how many more ps4s can they sell and i think that's some of it i think it's a couple things for nintendo having a great october is that they did get more of these systems out they're still not everywhere but again anecdotally the end of the month i was seeing like one or two at my local target i had friends texting me saying they bought one and then the other side of it is people there's a good chance that you might already have a ps4 or an xbox one and you've been looking for a switch so you're going to buy those during october and i think people that maybe haven't picked up an xbox one or a ps4 are we're waiting for something like black Friday. So I could see an uptick in that, but also I was at target. What day is it today? Sunday. I was there yesterday and they had five of the Mario Odyssey, um, switches in stock. Uh, and they said they're getting more for black Friday. So like, there's going to be stock out there. I think November, they going kept to be- saying, sir, you're gonna have to buy something if
1: you're
2: gonna keep coming in here.
0: <laughs> and I say I already have one, and I pulled my switch out of my bag. They accused me of stealing. My daughter started crying. It worked out. I still. So yeah, and games. and like I think a
2: lot of people just you know, understandably so after the Wii U, I think a lot of people play the waiting game. Like uh, they they said, look, I got to see if the system is really going to generate enough games to justify that purchase. Because for a lot of people, you know, Zelda is not enough. So I think that a lot of those folks that. Right you know, want to play like Nintendo games, but don't want to really make that financial um, investment. If they don't see other things have finally seen like the onslaught of games, both, you know, in, in like beginning, I wouldn't say it's an onslaught of third party yet, but there have been some pretty major third party, like, like releases along with the massive first party ones. So I think that, you know, this is that time when like a lot of people that said that they're going to wait it out are like a finally, um, you know, Finally jumping in, including my spontamy co-host Khalif Adams. Who that's
0: what I was gonna say. I saw his eating yeah.
2: crow on Twitter. Like, I'm so sorry I said <laughs> yeah, anything <exactly>.
0: bad. <laughs> but like, you know, I
2: think that like a lot of people, you know, this is when the waiting game kind of ends around this time.
1: It, it surprised me also to see how much coverage there has been of of um, Skyrim on Switch, and and how much people seem to be excited about that. I, I didn't expect it to be that big of a deal,
0: you know. It's been a game that's been out on everything at this point, but people are yeah, I mean, really excited about that. But now it's on a plane, train, and automobile with you. That's I mean, that's a differentiator. Yeah, like right. I think it is kind of ludicrous that it and Doom are sixty bucks again when I can get them on every other platform for twenty. But it's that it's that portability, you know, it, it's it's the Vita version, but so much better than it ever could have been on Vita or on anything else. Like, right. You have a great game literally with you anywhere it's yeah it's it's something that
2: actually works i mean like i was playing both skyrim and doom in between appointments where you know i meet a lot of my t- tutoring clients at like uh, coffee shops or like libraries and stuff and it's not only like the visuals and stuff but to me it's like fully voice acted you know music and all that stuff right. and, and it just it even though i've had a switch since launch I still get impressed when I can pull this thing out and, you know, and just hear everything that I would hear, you know, it's like through my tinny headphones or whatever. Um, but it's still like very immersive. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, enough people have seen that that they're ready to, uh, to jump in, you know, and this is, you know, like before, you know, like Xenoblade is right around the corner. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, I mean, they're having a re yeah. I would argue the best or at least one of the best, first eight months of a console i've ever seen
1: well uh nintendo says two-thirds of all video game hardware sold in the united states was nintendo hardware and it's the second month in a row where that's true so october wasn't wasn't a, a unique blip it also happened in september pretty cool stuff christian what is your story of the week
0: Take a guess what my story's gonna be. (laughs) Um, so we're recording this Sunday night. So, like last week, as soon as we have this discussion, it will be outdated and you can throw it away. Because Uh, maybe not, maybe not anymore, because it's out at least. The game's out now. Well, you didn't hear that actually Star Wars Battlefront 3 (laughs) is out, they just added a 3. It's a whole new game. Um, so after last week's show, to catch you up, uh. Yeah, I was editing last week's show to to, to put it out
1: because uh, just you know adding music and things and it doesn't take me long to edit the show uh, and I I texted Christian like the show hasn't even posted yet and our entire discussion about Star Wars Battlefront Two is outdated.
0: Yeah, so it launched with some, in my opinion, pretty ridiculous a, a pretty ridiculous air quote progression system and uh, loot boxes that not only were pl- pay to win and that you could actually. Uh, substantially in my opinion increase your um power defense and stuff like that in the multiplayer game by purchasing things through loot crates uh getting crystals to use for loot crates to then apply things to your character and that is also a way that you could get some of these heroes uh luke and darth vader being the two most mentioned because their cost was super super high uh then ea reduced the cost of those heroes but also reduced the amount of um credits that you would get for completing certain tasks and then after all of that in our discussion and wherever it went i also i think i did a whole altmm about it last week that probably immediately got outdated as well and then like pretty much right after that uh mr disney called miss ea or vice versa and they said yo uh, what's up <laughs> and, <laughs> what, are you and, what are you doing what are you what are you What
1: are up to mr ea
0: and ea and mr. Mr. Uh, uh, like, uh, like uh i'm sorry i'm sorry uh, maybe- I'm, I'm playing Madden, bro. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yay! Said like, what? What do you oh, mean? That sounds great. What? What real money crystals? And they just like deleted it. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you can't, you can't pay money for things anymore. But, but 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 I saw them myself yesterday in the wild. There still are, and I didn't buy one, but kind of wanted to. There are still like plastic cards for like crystals of like you right. know, the, the Xbox Live. Yeah, I like
1: that. The uh, end cap on the in the yeah. aisle as you're heading toward the, yeah, the gift cashier to, to buy your game. It's like,
0: oh, yeah, I'll pick up.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: and so now as of, as of this moment <laughs> – I don't know about when you're listening to this. As of this moment, uh, you cannot pay money to get crystals in Battlefront 2, and they're cr- working to improve the progression. And then my personal version of this, Jade Raymond, who has a great history for – you know, listening to a community and making great games. She put out a tweet saying like, hey, we're working on this. You know, we have the best people on it. And I tried to be, I think I was civil. My reply, um, paraphrasing is, but what was your plan before? And did you not have the best people on it before? And how are we supposed to believe you going forward when I feel like there was no vision for what had happened before? And her reply was, a reply to a bunch of people was just like, you know, we hope you to earn your trust back again. I don't know, dude, this game is, it's well, so weird. okay.
1: So let's break this down because, um, first of all, there was that big Reddit thread of the conspiracy theories that said they inflated right. the price at the beginning to, in order to then bust it down 75%. It was all part of their plan to make them seem like awesome. But clearly that's not the case. Clearly there was no grand scheme to fool you into thinking they're awesome. they, they were really just bumbling their way through this and trying to figure it out as the game was <laughs> approaching launch, like T-minus 48 minutes. Let's just cancel it all. Uh, so it's a crazy drastic step to do, which happened really literally hours before the game went live. Well,
0: um, live to us right. mere $60 peasants. Uh, right. It was live for the $80, you know.
2: I mean, that's where fans. this all came from. Like the people <laughs> right. that had what the, the early weird... access are the ones that calculated all the numbers. <laughs> True.
1: Yeah. And we're breaking it. I mean, there was some spread cheating (laughs) happening. Uh, so Sharif, let me ask you this question. Do you think, do you look at this as a, a victory for the consumer? Uh, and B do you think this is something that makes you feel comfortable about recommending this game or, you know, giving money to EA in this way? Or were you, were you even worried about that? I don't that think it's a 100%
2: in consumer day. victory um, because there was not a, at least I feel, a rational, level-headed criticism of EA. There was a lot of, and I'm not saying I everyone that had a problem with it did this, but there was definitely that, that loud vocal minority that was harassment and death threats, and all that. Even, you know, all that stuff that went along with this. Quick quick pause, Um, though.
0: But it looks like Jason, I think, Shriver at Kotaku, like, that tweet that went viral about... And I'm saying there weren't death threats, but this is the era we live in, where that tweet that went viral of an EA, air quote, dev saying he received hundreds of death threats because of Battlefront 2, Jason did it in, like, an investigative piece, and that person doesn't work for EA. That was
2: just a person lying. But the...
0: Well, even so,
1: even if you discount death threats per se, and I suspect there probably were a few, I think Sharif makes a good point in the sense that there is a level of belligerence. Yes, in, yeah. That and, okay. and like,
2: unfortunately, yeah. that's what gets the coverage. Right. Um, but I do think that, yeah. yes, I do think that it is, you know, we're consumers. It's in our right to call out a company that we feel like is doing something not right and 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 tell our friends don't get this and say we won't get it. Um, and ea instead of saying well you idiots are gonna buy the Star wars game anyway because it's Star Wars and we're not changing anything um which
0: I think could have done probably that. would have been true um, I don't know again anecdotally and through my friend Stuart wombat from TBS gamer like he told me it ended up on like his local oh wow Facebook parents blog like a post like gambling for kids is in the new star wars game don't buy like it made it to that level of... i mean it was a
1: pr nightmare but i i don't i mean i really don't think that yeah, it would it have, been, have been, been a flop
0: well the, the first game didn't meet expectations and it wasn't mm-hmm. it depends what we consider a flop like people are saying justice league the movie is underperforming uh yeah, 100 and it million, made a hundred okay. million dollars so it's like yeah. what are expectations what's budget i right. i think there was a it, it did enough to make di- do your mickey mouse again it did yeah. enough to make mickey very yeah. angry and i think oh. that's well, well that's oh, a whole other conversation angry, because
2: no. came in below like i believe every other i think the last few dc properties right like under batman versus superman whatever we don't, we, don't, we don't have to get in that whole discussion <laughs> yeah um but
0: But yeah, um right. yeah, yeah i mean i that's think that EA track.
2: probably would have done it if disney didn't kind of come in and say hey guys uh you know this isn't happening um, but yeah, I mean, I think that companies will test the waters and put some ridiculous stuff out there. And I think that this is a, this is an example where they knew that they had characters of value, obviously with Luke and Vader and such. Um, and they not saying that, I think that there were a bunch of guys in a room saying, let's see how much these people will pay for it. But there were probably a bunch of guys in a room saying how much will these people pay for it? you know um i mean i have not worked in the game industry but i've been in similar meetings where different things are getting valued and there is definitely um i could definitely see that happening let's put it that way
1: it was probably to be fair it was probably a bunch of guys (laughs) in different rooms you know and
2: and you know and like let's be (laughs) transparent right you did not have to buy stuff to get this but as we said, those people calculated the, you know, the people right. early access and read Reddit said it would take around forty hours or so to unlock everyone.
1: Yeah, um, just one of them. Yeah. So, 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 next question then is: Do you think this for them was to the right move
2: and get rid of the
0: crystals? What turning off
1: to just come completely uh, cut it out of the game? You know, uh, hours before launch. Well, and say it- just. It's paused. You're shutting it off. It's paused. Yeah, right? like I, I don't said, think they should I, have the paused for come crystals,
2: back personally. Like because I think that the you know I agree with them lowering the price of Vader and Luke. I think that that's a little more sensible and like them. That, that means that if you play the game a decent amount, you can get the people that are advertised in every ad and and uh, commercial, right?
1: Yeah. If, if, yeah, if, and every Star yeah. so of so time, um, ever. but you know
2: i th- you know i'm not one of these people that think microtransactions are easy i think that there's some people that they're that that are like hey i know i'm not going to invest the time i'll throw a couple bucks to unlock stuff I, I never had a problem with that my only problem is number one if that in fact if that affects like competitive multiplayer play um and number two if there is no yeah. way to earn that in a reasonable hour in game so the fact that, that they lowered the time in game well, th- um i think kind of solves my main issue with it
0: but number three for battlefront is that you couldn't just buy darth and luke you were right. buying loot boxes that would be randomized what you would get and then you would need to get duplicates to break things down which is how you unlock right. them in game too like you don't get them it's, right it's, it's it's randomized it's blind bags so it's not as well that, i don't
1: think just being able to buy luke and vader would be better
0: uh, i mean people would be pissed know how much about money that, you too. need to spend on them yeah but people would be pissed about that too i you're think like, yeah i think people would be angry about that too yes but i think it's a whole different thing when you're blind bagging them and you know you're sitting here buying all of these loot boxes and doing all this other stuff to hopefully get the chance like i think that's an extra layer of deceit that goes into this game that i I think that's the part that kind of riled up parents was this idea of you know air quote gambling because while you're not getting real money in return you are getting virtual currency that you use to spend on things in game and you're not guaranteed how much you're going to get if i put twenty dollars into the game for loot boxes and and all three of us did we would all get different amounts of in-game currencies back and that's pretty nefarious if you're trying, if your goal as us three players is to unlock these heroes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could, I could definitely see a scenario where they in their heads thought that that was the smartest way to do it is like put kind of what into was talking about last week, like put the coolest things, make the coolest things hardest to get. Don't let you just buy them outright. Cause that'll make people angry, but actually have to work for it. And yeah, there are all these weird sideways to invest money and then, de you know disenchant or break down those things and reconstitute them but that's not the way we're thinking you would even do that it's all about earning them in the game like i can sort of see that logic and it just kind of breaks down because of the way people you know um min max games and and want to get that cool stuff and the fact that they are the coolest characters in the game is a bad thing because they're kind of core to the experience of star wars but the, the smartest thing I, I, I read and I wish I could credit who it was. I can't remember who it was, but the smartest thing I read about this whole situation was somebody said, um, this is basically they created a free to play game and then put it in a $60 box. And that's the problem, right? Is that you have a license like star Wars, that's very, very expensive and you need to make your money back right away. So you're going to have to charge money up front to make, just make that investment back right away. But what you created was a a game that was supposed to work inside this free-to-play model. So it it feels really slimy to people because it's like, I already paid you money to play this. Why, why do we have all these trappings of a free-to-play game in it?
0: And Uh, Star Wars already has a successful (laughs) free-to-play game though, too. So it's not, yeah, that and it is super successful. And the,
1: the, the coolest characters are locked behind really hard to get stuff. So, but it's free and right. But that's, that's my point is like like this, Model in in and of itself has already proven yeah. to work, so it's not like they were inventing it and and you know they, they they were just applying what they already learned. Unfortunately, it was in a sixty. Well, as box. As, as I saw yeah. in
2: in the chat, I yeah. really like the model that games like Overwatch do. Make all the cosmetics blue boxes. People will pay for them. I have spent money yeah. on Overwatch loot boxes, even though I said I wouldn't so because I. it came out with some cool Halloween or something like that, and I was like, man. I'm going to spend money at the chance to get it, you know. Like, you know,
1: that's what I said on newest, latest, best. Give me, let me unlock shriveled headed old guy Vader. You know the sure. the let me look on you one last time with
0: spoiler. my own eyes. Spoiler, Vader. spoiler, Vader is that the Vader <laughs> you're talking
1: about? Yeah, spoiler for 1982. Um, but yes. Uh, I, I, that'd be awesome. Like make Vader a core part of the game. And then let me yeah, unlock. Exactly. Cool, I, I, I want
2: to unlock like Vader you know? as the Anakin force ghost, you know, <laughs> let me let me do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be rad, dude. Oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. No, but nobody would be mad at that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we leave this topic though, I just want to, cause I don't think I ever really pinned you down, Christian. Do you think that them just turning it
0: off was the right move? I don't know if it was the right move, but I think it was the quickest Band-Aid stopgap move they could put on it. I think the game, yeah. even with um, money buying crystals, the crystals that you pay real money for, um, I've, I've, we talk about it in, in what, you know, when we talk about what games we've been playing, um, the playlist, I've, I've spent a decent amount of time with it. I got it from my Gamefly copy arrived and I've been putting some hours into the game. Um, the game has a progression problem that isn't solved by getting rid of being able to buy loots for progression so i think the game has bigger problems than that but i understand it seems like the quickest easiest move and again i think it was done because the thing that was getting mainstream traction with like cnn questioning about it and parent blogs picking it up was gambling so the quicker you get rid of the real money problem i think a lot of that mainstream you don't want the today show opening with like is your kid gamble? You know, like you don't want that yeah. story. EA and Disney do not want that story. So I think right. it makes sense, but I do not think it fixes the game per se, unfortunately.
1: All right. Well, my story of the week uh, is, I know I don't know, Christian, we were kind of talking on Twitter about, about whether he even wanted to talk about this. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but the game awards, a uh, friend of the show, Jeff Keighley's um, sort of his attempt at creating something akin to the Academy Awards or the, uh, the Grammys or something some like an industry-wide prestigious televised game awards called the game awards uh n- announced its nominees and uh, the list is uh i i think pretty solid i'm in a year 2017 that has some of the great greatest games and probably more great games than any recent year i can think of uh, a game a year that's going to be very difficult for me to nominate my own top five, as we will do at the end of the year, as we do every year. uh, I think these nominees are pretty strong. I'll just mention the game of the year. And then if you guys want to pick out some more interesting stuff or or whatever, uh, feel free. But the game of the year, the the top five, the big head honcho top tier award uh, are Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, Super Mario Odyssey, so Nintendo double dips in, in only five nominees. Nintendo double dips, but hard to argue with those two. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which I was very happy to see in there. Persona 5, the, in my opinion, the most surprising entry. And then Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. So that's your, your top five games of the year nominees according to the Game Awards. Uh, lots of other categories, Best Narrative, Best Art Design, um, There's a lot of the best independent game and then the specific genres. There's even a best VR uh, category. Uh, I want to mention the fact that the trending gamer, which is a category that started last year where it's sort of just a personality in gaming friend of the show and our personal good buddy, Andrea Renee got a nomination, which is pretty awesome to see. Kudos to her. Yeah. Um, Lots of other stuff there, including even student games this year. Sharif, what do you think of the top five? And game of the, the year, I am one of these people
2: that does not think PUBG should be included here. Um, I I do think that? that they should be games that are released. Um, PUBG is a great game.
1: Well, I think it's going to be released I, in December. I don't think
2: it's I mean. that much to ask that a game is released. <laughs> I, I I just don't. Um, and I think that it has been a great experience. It's dominated yeah. the headlines for a lot of, you know, Twitch streaming and like all that stuff. Like, I don't deny that it's a great experience, but I think for game of the year, it should be a game released in that year. Um, otherwise... Um, I've not played Persona Five, but um, yeah. you know I've heard a lot of great things about it. I've played the other games, and I absolutely agree that they should be Game of the Year nominees.
1: Well, it's interesting. There is a new category this year at the Game o- Awards to kind of even address that specifically. It's a Best Ongoing Game, which is like yeah, games that have you know that people are still playing that have regular updates like awarding the fact that it doesn't really fall into a category if it came out a year two years five years ago but it's still getting giant changes and it still has this big community and there's still a lot of work to be recognized on it which i thought was great but then you you look at the best ongoing game category and it's destiny 2 which okay but it's ongoing but it was released this year and it's only ongoing a couple of months right now, which is, it's just odd. Uh, and, and like player unknowns, battlegrounds is there, uh, overwatch, grand theft auto online, rainbow six siege and warframe. Now for my money, warframe should win. It won't, but it should, because now talk about an ongoing game. That's had huge changes and it, it like it, 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 uh, epitomizes the ongoing game idea in my yeah. opinion, but yeah,
2: I mean, I, I, moment. a couple of few things I also liked is, um, I really liked the, um, the, uh, fact that when you look at the best voice performance, um, it just really shows you how many great, mm-hmm. uh, strong women characters with great voice performances that we've had, um, which, which I think is really sort of a great yeah, thing yeah. for the industry yeah, that's, to that's like recognize point. that, um,
1: yeah, only one male in in the five nominees. That's pretty awesome. And both both performers in Uncharted: Lost Legacy got nominated. Um, the, the woman who plays Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn and uh, uh, Melina Jergens who plays Senua in Hellblade,
2: um, which uh, yeah. I, um, but I do have to um, give it one. up to my other co-host Ciceros that we stand in the chat. Um, I agree with his criticism that there should not be a combined sports racing category um, because it does leave some <laughs> yeah, deserving sports games um, out there uh, like Madden and the show. and
0: Like those games should only be in there if it's a <laughs> racing sport, like put your F1 in there, put NASCAR in there, but like, yeah like uh forza you know like need for speed or forts to seven i guess that's kind of but you know what i mean there is racing as a sport right yeah yeah like, yeah, like not. you can put need for yeah, speed like, in like it should be right. a battle a sport. of sports <laughs> yeah, games which it isn't
2: but. you know and then have yeah. a and then there's enough racing games that come out each year i i agree that that should yeah. have its own category so so uh so yeah sh- sh- shout out to uh, cicero for uh making that point which i agree with but in general, yeah. I mean, this was a hard game. This is a hard year for me to play everything. I did not get to everything. Um, but man, every, almost everything that I really dove into, um, aside for very few exceptions like Andromeda and stuff, um, I thought was just super high quality.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was very pleased to see what Remains oh, what of the Clinch get a few nominations for Best Independent Game and Best Narrative. Yeah, it's a work of art. Um, so I'm glad to see that, and I'm, I was glad to see Divinity Two get a role playing game nom. Um, so yeah, I mean a lot of the a lot of the games that that I love are here, and and it's not easy to put these together. So um, kudos to Jeff Christian. Did you have any thoughts? I know you were kind of unhappy with the way that there's audience participation involved.
0: I'm, uh, it's like adding audience <laughs> participation to the NBA All Star ballot. You've. It, the, the, uh, i i i like jeff Keeley. i i i think i see what he's trying to do we had him on the show i don't know a couple years ago talking about what he's trying to do with this show at the time but like i don't know i I think the fact that this show gets any like we talk about it or that any blog writes it up but we're not going to talk about giant bombs game of the year we're not going to talk about ign's game of the year list we're not going to talk about the guest lists we're not going to talk about gary witta's game of the year like i know this is a collection of of press that nominate but this award is it's a, i'm gonna hold my tongue i'm done talking about the game awards. All right,
1: fair enough fair enough um well that's let's let's just move on then and uh go to our first sponsor because that's a great segue to talk about sleep uh yeah, do you sometimes. get good sleep do you guys get good sleep? There's a better way. There's a better way to sleep. There's a better way to sleep. If you have poor sleep, um, oftentimes the last thing you consider is your mattress. But um, I I was in that boat. I definitely (laughs) waited way too long to get a new mattress. I took the same mattress uh, that I went to college with. I I moved it 12 times (laughs) in college and then after college and it was beat up and sagging and pathetic. And I still slept on it. And then I wondered why I wasn't getting good sleep and would wake up achy and feel weird. It's the mattress. And thats it's just so simple now to be able to replace your mattress because Casper exists. And Casper is there to provide high quality mattresses, but then just completely eliminate all the friction it takes to replace your mattress, which is wonderful, which is A lot of the reason I didn't do it earlier when I was hauling it around in college and after, and that's because I didn't want to go into these stupid chain stores that you walk into a warehouse and some guys on the radio yelling at me about the mattress on president's day weekend. And I just, I'm not going to do that. I will though go to Casper's website and select the mattress because it's inexpensive and it's high quality. I don't have to think about it. I can just click on it and then it arrives at my house and unfolds amazingly. That's what happened. I got a Casper mattress. It unfolds so easy and I can try it for up to 100 nights and not have to make my decision whether or not I even want to keep it. If I don't, if I ended up not liking it, which I didn't, I ended up liking it. But if I didn't like it, they would come to my house and take it away and refund my money. So it just makes it easy. You spend a third of your life sleeping. You should be Comfortable, and these are comfortable, high-quality mattress. They're designed, developed, and assembled in the United States. They have an average of 4.8 stars across Amazon, Casper, and Google with over 20,000 reviews. This is the Internet's favorite mattress, and they have three different models, the Casper, the Wave, the Essential. You can check them all out. It's so easy. Guess what? We're going to hook you up. You're going to get $50 off your mattress purchase by using our promo code. Uh, just go to casper.com, C A S P E R.com slash DLC. Use our promo code DLC when you check out. 50 bucks off. Easy. Shipping's free. It's easy. It comes to your house. I, I loved the process of getting my Casper mattress. It arrived. I sliced it up, uh, sliced open the thing. They give you like a little cool little slicer that lets you unbox the thing. And then it just kind of <laughs> unfolds like a magic creature that I then get to sleep on. You know, (laughs) it's like my own little uh, Falcor. Anyway, uh, casper.com slash DLC, promo code DLC. Upgrade your sleep. Feel better. Sleep more soundly. It's good for you. you So much to play. So much to play. Sharif, let's start. I know you got a lot on your list here, and we will get to it all. But I want to start with Mario Odyssey, because like I said, you are like my go-to Nintendo guy. Um, Mario Odyssey is great. Tell us how great Mario Odyssey is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is one of those things where I know some people might get sick and say, why does everybody say this game is great? Um, There's a couple of scenes that I've experienced in this game why I think it's great. Um, And this is beyond the fact that, you know, it's just the feels great. The platform is great. The like levels are like really cool. Um, Can we just
0: I want you just to pause there, though, for a second. Sure. Because people do gloss over that because it's expected to be a Mario game. But just hit that stuff again because it nails it like just reinforce so many platformers and 3D platformers especially don't
2: yeah it It, it is nails it it is difficult to make a 3d platformer with a camera that feels as good as a two-dimensional 16-bit platformer um you know and obviously mario 64 did it but you know um and mario galaxy did it um but this is really the latest one that just feels really 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 good meaning every time you jump it kind of happens exactly the way you want, like I never feel like the controller is failing me or the camera is not pointed in the right direction. That stuff is hard to do. I mean, there's a lot of three d platformers out there that don't quite get that um and of course, the platforming and you know other open world games is not their strength, so it's almost universally terrible. um, <laughs> you know? um so they really got that. Um, the level design just really encourages you to peek around every corner. Because um, there's there is so much stuff in this game, so many little things to uncover. Um, there is like not only like sort of things around the corner, but there's like you know sort of treasure maps that refer to entirely different maps than what you're on, and they don't yeah. tell you there's, where things are, so you have to. There's
1: not just things around the corner. There's corners around the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: There's there's. Um, uh, I won't say what they are, but they're essentially warp points that bring you to entirely new parts of maps that you've already been on. I mean, yeah. it is it is like – they really took the whole idea of finding like maybe three coins around the corner and just multiplied it by like a million.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, they just – that's all they did in their little design studio. They just pushed the multiply by a million button. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it all worked out.
2: And like there's – I think the thing that got me really excited when I first started playing was I found a secret room and I, you know, and I got the, you know, the power moon, which is sort of like the, the, uh, the uh, currency in this game. Um And then, I, and then one thing I was not expecting is I found another one in the same secret room. It was like a secret in a secret.
1: <laughs> um, and I. Our secrets got secrets.
2: Yeah. And like, it was nuts because you're just not trained. To do that like you find a secret room you're like hey i found that secret great not to keep digging yeah. i mean it is like right. inception levels of power moonery um
1: <laughs> yeah it's really is like they just took the any kind of limits off of anything and and went crazy just sticking them in all these places but it, it's it's wild how I mean, it's not that they don't repeat themselves. They do repeat themselves as far as using the, some gimmicks over and over again. But there's so many unique ways that they do it, and they don't reserve the Power Moon for some kind of amazing thing that you accomplish. Sometimes it is an amazing thing you accomplish, but they're so liberal with how they just divvy them out. that. And I think that's a wonderful thing because I feel like in previous Mario games – certain things will be will feel like they they're stingy with them because they're they're really right. prestigious, you know? And I just love how they went, yeah, little stuff can earn you power moons, big stuff can earn you power moons, and everything in between. We're just gonna keep flooding them with you know flooding you with
0: them.
2: Right. I mean I I kind of equal it to like the what's I think evolved into the modern kind of achievement system in games. Um, mm-hmm. you used to just get achievements for like really difficult stuff, but now right. you get achievements for completing levels or doing this yeah, and but there's also achievements for hard stuff, and I think that's where um Odyssey really nails it is you get rewarded constantly and you get rewarded more if you take a gamble, you know right. um right and man, and the fact that you know the um you know that the game supports the video capture. Means if I have something cool that's not too spoilery, I'll post it on like social media and just get a whole bunch of people. Like, I had no idea Mario game <sighs> had that in it, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so man, it, it is, it, it really lives up to it. Like, it, it is an amazing, amazing uh game. And you know, Mario Galaxy is definitely one of my top 3D Marios, and I'm not sure where this will fall. Um, I'll probably need some time to kind of separate from just the newness of it, but man, mm-hmm. is this one good? You know, this one's really, yeah, really yeah,
1: good. It's, it's true. Are you playing it mostly in handheld mode or mostly on a big TV or, or
2: I played radio? mostly handheld mode. Um, I did play a sizable chunk of it on docked and it looks really great docked. Um,
1: and did you, when you did that, were you playing with motion controls or no? no, I
2: was playing with the pro controller while it was docked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I don't have a 4K TV, so I'm not sure how it looks like upscaled on a 4K TV, but looks nice. on a 1080 TV, it looks outstanding. Like, it really yeah. pops well. Like, the colors, um, mm-hmm. you know, and like the, you know, hear, hearing the music on a large TV as well was like really, really great. Um, one thing that I think is underappreciated about kind of Mario games is how each game, since since the second Mario has almost a completely different soundtrack, like yeah. like they do reuse a few things, but in general, the main themes and stuff are always completely different. Um, and yeah. it's the same thing here. I mean, and I find myself hugging it. get that kind of stuff, just a fantastic game. I, I, and and obviously family friendly and there's co-op play, and, you know, with, and like that kind of right. stuff. So, I mean, I, this, I think Zelda is a superior game to me. But this is the game that will push switches during the holiday. Um, Interesting.
1: So, what what puts Zelda above Mario for you personally? Well,
2: I think that Mario is a very, very great interpretation of what Mario sixty four did, um, you know, back in ninety six. So, I think it's a really, really great modern iteration of something that already existed. Whereas, I think Zelda creates something completely new like they kind of do not complete it's the culmination of what open world games are supposed to be in my opinion that like where the exploration is the game
0: um yeah. and- you wouldn't argue that it's the culmination of the original zelda done back in 1984 or whatever
2: yeah oh well. yeah i i, I think that it does share a lot of like a similarities with that including the difficulty because i sure died a lot at the beginning of <laughs> um but um yeah i mean i i feel like i've like with Matt, like with Odyssey, I've played great games like Odyssey. I don't know. I don't think I've ever played a 3D game like Breath of the Wild where it's literally about exploring what some battling mixed in. Like it's kind of, it's, it's amazing to me. Like, like, Breath of the Wild to me is like an, it's better than a good game. Like it's, it's like an achievement of the, of the industry, I think um wow. so uh so um, that's that's why i put zelda above it
1: um, all right sticking with the nintendo uh, on the nintendo tip uh you've also been playing uh, skyrim and doom on your switch you kind of referenced that a little bit earlier in the show but uh dig deeper in, into that and you said you've been playing it uh you've been playing them at, you know between meetings yeah. and, and on the go yeah I, I, um, I mean
2: these these are both games that i've played already you know so i'm very very familiar with right. them Um, but man, like, like I said before, there's nothing like just taking it out of suspend mode. Don't have to wait for it to boot up and just playing for five or 10 minutes, just like doing a quest and putting it back in suspend mode, you know, or like, uh, playing up an arcade challenge on doom and just seeing how you can get and just putting it in suspend mode. That's the thing that I think people that don't have a switch, I don't think it's really trumped enough is how fast the operating system is. Um, and how yeah. and it has it.
1: to be, you're so right. It, it it has to be like it just would not work if you had to boot up every time you turn it on on the go. It wouldn't be a truly portable system. But you you think about how the DS and the 3DS have always worked, where you just flip it open and you're playing. That's how the Switch had to work. And kudos to them for recognizing that. And then making it happen because it's it's i agree with
2: you but nintendo has also had two generations of arguably the slowest console ui i've ever seen yeah um you know um so i didn't believe that they could do it or that they were invested (laughs) in doing it but i think that this is where they really told nvidia like guys just just do this
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's 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 awesome and doom in particular i find to be wondrous on the handheld, like it's it's amazing to me that that the frame rate feels solid and a game that moves that fast and is that frenetic can play similarly to how i played on my beefy pc on this handheld device and look beautiful
0: it's, and let's not understate the fact that you're playing it on a nintendo device right i mean this is a, yeah. a console that added sweat to mortal Kombat 2 and the fact that and you'll talk about wolfenstein 2 in a little bit i think jeff but the fact that like both doom and wolfenstein 2 are, are going to be playable on a nintendo system like, yeah they're rated m for mature for mature <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right especially wolfenstein doom is like demons fine whatever but still super gory but wolfenstein them people like you yeah, <laughs> ripping limbs and, off of yeah.
2: people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Unbelievable. And yeah, life. and like I had Wolfenstein funny. for the Super Nintendo, where they removed all the yeah. imagery, all the, uh, all all the. Yeah. I, I think the dogs they took out too because they didn't want you to shoot dogs. <laughs> was, you know, but um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just like, like Like I said, being able to play for just these little bits, these massive games. I know a lot of people say that Nintendo is usually behind the technology race because they don't push out you know the same like visuals and the focus on like power but i think being able to take these on the go and have them instantly available is a technological win and something that we haven't seen before technical like from a tech from a technical level um which i think is a huge win for them
1: okay so both of you guys have played assassin's creed origins it's on both of your playlists i have been uh raving about assassin's creed origins it's straight up my favorite assassin's creed game ever um that's not saying much because i didn't really like the assassin's creed <laughs> franchise but it but it is saying much in the sense that it's it it has fixed what i thought ailed that franchise and now i am just addicted to this game in fact i think about it i am you know kind of sidetracked on onto other things but i really am going to come back to assassin's creed origins because it's the witcher it's it's the kinds of games i like it's horizon zero dawn whatever are you liking it, Sharif and, and Christian? What do you guys think of it?
2: Well, I absolutely love it. Um, I'm not the hugest Assassin's Creed fan as well, though I did love Black Flag, and I thought Syndicate was pretty good. Um, but mm-hmm. this game, now I haven't finished it, um, but I've gotten through about, I don't know, maybe 11 hours or so. Um, and just, I mean, the not only the performances, but you really feel like you are in another culture. Um, you really yeah. do. Now, I'm not Egyptian, so I can't talk about you know the authenticity of you know the phrasings or that kind of stuff. But I do know that they did consult very heavily on this game to make sure that they got it right. You know, and they and they well, talked about
1: supposedly that. they're they're going to include that mode where you're going to be able to like have lectures from yeah. professors inside the game world. So it's got to be. Yeah, exactly
2: and like this game has made me like go on research some of this stuff that i've been finding and like some of these phrasings and the gods that are mentioned and that kind of stuff it just feels i agree with you that it does feel like witcher and zero dawn in terms of just getting lost in this world doing side quests for like people and good ones yeah you know yeah um yeah you know like and yeah i mean there's even been some funny moments. Like I, I can't remember the last time I've laughed at an Assassin's Creed game um,
0: <laughs> because of the game. Like you've laughed because of like, yeah, the glitch, yeah. but not like <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no.
2: I've actually laughed because of some of the situations and the writing, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I've had a blast with it. And obviously, you know, being a, you know, a, um, you know, a, prop- a big proponent of diversity in the, in the industry. I mean, just seeing all these beautiful Brown faces in the game, um not compromising like there's not like there like you are in you feel like you're in Africa not not like sort of a whitewashed version of Egypt that we've seen in the media for decades right you know um so it really right. feels awesome. Um,
0: are you telling me that my favorite movie of all time Cleopatra portrays that uh, area incorrectly based on the actors that are in it? Sadly,
1: Christian, you don't have to go, that <laughs> far back you can go to go- gods of egypt yeah. like two exactly. years ago you know? hey <laughs>
0: do you tell me there's precedent for this and it continues today think, you know. by the way i would like to mention that um i am playing black panther and black panther 2 i just got the email so i'm pretty <laughs> excited <laughs>
1: Well, you're playing uh, Assassin's Creed Origins as well. Uh, are are you as hyped on it as as the two of us?
0: So we talked about it when it came out. I remember I spent time on all three of the the Ides of the 27th. I know Ides means the 15th, but you know what I mean. The the day that video games killed all of us, um, October 20th. Right. And so you had asked me, you're like, I don't think you'd seen the thing. And I was like, are you? And you were like, are you at the city? And I was like, I think I'm right at the city. Uh Oh, man. Oh,
1: yeah, because – right. So let's give listeners context because you were like, it. I, the story, just, there's nothing that I, I hangs it on. There's no stakes. And I can't like, buy that, by the way, but yes. It, right. it does start very generic and odd and sort of drops you in the middle of you don't know what's going on. But there's definitely a moment when it gets real personal, oh, and I think you yeah. had not – Gotten to so
0: that? Moment. I had not. I was playing right, and I was I'm. I had zoomed out and looked at the map and started like hyperventilating. I was like, like yeah, "This map is too big," so I started just doing all the little stuff around me. And I think I'd probably played I don't know three four hours or whatever. And then I jumped on. I think it's on my Twitch. If it's not on my YouTube, uh which is just Christian Spicer seven one three, it will be soon. But I was like playing, and I was like, "I guess I'll leave this area." Like I was no man skying it right. So I go to, <laughs> Not I go to the home that. world to leave the area and then I get that personal mission or whatever. And so I'd already played for whatever it was, four hours or I don't know, whatever it was. And then I leave – and then like the title screen comes up and i was like i've been in the pre i've been in the prologue for five hours (laughs) (laughs) i haven't even started the game yet (laughs) there's like this moment on stream where i'm like yeah i guess oh this is the start of the game (laughs) (laughs) living in the prologue i was just i was you know whatever that dragon quest inquisition i'd not left the hinterlands or whatever i was just wandering around knocking There was so much to do in however you say it and i And I was like, I'll wait for the... I thought, like, the fog would lift over the next area (laughs) of the map. And, like, the guy's like... When you go to leave the area, he's like, are you sure you want to leave? And I was like, can I come back? I think I can come back. I don't think they'll like kill this whole part of the map, but I I probably shouldn't leave yet. And so I was just (laughs)
2: plugging away.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But But you get to Alexandria and go, oh my god. I'm I'm not there yet. I'm not there
1: yet. I'm still
0: plugging away. It's not not even the biggest city. Yeah.
2: Also, one (laughs) thing I really appreciated is I never felt like I had to like go to the map, go to the quest log, highlight something, and follow it. I could explore naturally yeah. and run into things. Like I ran into Alexandria oh, yeah. just, yeah. I was just doing stuff and I, and I was on a boat and it was like, you reach Alexandria. I was like, Oh yeah, that's a quest that I have to do. You know, so those. Yeah. Really well, I,
1: I'm always, sorry. I, I, uh, use that Eagle all the time, man. Anytime I get on a horse heading to a place, I'm like in the Eagle checking stuff out, looking, looking for cool things around what's over there. What What does that look like? Oh, that looks cool. Um, So I'm like, I love that Eagle function. It's not really, it's not really, it's it's also a great way
2: to fast travel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But it's, I think like any other year, this would be a game of the year candidate. And I feel like this year it might not make top fives which is, I stand by what I said after that, my first couple hours, not leaving the first year. I think Horizon Zero Dawn is, a, is better, but like, I'm not saying that to diminish this game. It's like when you're forced to rank them, like that's how incredible of a year this year has been for games. And it's just, I hope they continue to build off of this version of Assassin's Creed because it's, it's pretty phenomenal. What
1: about Battlefront 2? Uh, we talked about it a lot in the news section, but you said you've been playing IT
0: yeah so i i stand by what i said after my early access impressions of the campaign in that i am a huge star wars fan and this game captures the look and feel of star wars in a very very big way and it's you know it scratches all those things it's a catnip for star wars fans right you're like (laughs) i feel like frostbite was made to display stormtroop armor on video (laughs) games like just unbelievable um but after the early access version, and I'll I'll be vague. There's going to be some Star Wars Battlefront 2 spoilers here, very vague. But if you don't want to know nothing about it, I'm sorry don't don't listen to this this part. Um, but after the early access part ended, and you can kind of go past those first three levels of the game, uh, you encounter several moments where you aren't playing as the person you advertised. Like the, this game's campaign is advertised in a certain way. And well, I can say how it's advertise that's a no spoiler. It's advertised that you are this person in, you know, working for the, the Empire and you're, you know, doing this stuff to avenge the death of the Emperor after the, the Death Star blew up. Like that's trailer material. And um, you quickly start going on um, fanfic greatest hits like,
1: oh, don't say anymore. Uh, you've already now. I I was listening and listening and listening, and now I feel like you've said too much.
0: Okay, great. Uh, well, just how about just listen to this part? Don't you don't need to play it? Um,
1: <laughs> I don't need to play it.
0: You don't need to play it. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's like I, I love Star Wars. Um, but you don't need to play it. Uh, and so I'm the pro, the campaign, it's fun and it's neat or whatever. But some of the uh, Jeff, you can't see me, can you? Because you're not watching. Uh, Twitch. I try I, not I, to. How do I tell you this to when you can listen again? The, some of the people you play as, it's neat because I like that character, but the way... Sharif, have you played this I have this not game? played that yet. Okay. The way you play as them isn't fun. So, like, there are amazing third-person action combat games where you don't shoot stuff. Um, in this game, you're mashing A... To battle like there's no there's not a, like a there's quick no time combat time there maybe? it's not a fun thing no it's not quick time but it's like devil may okay, cry you. you have a sword okay alright uh, we were definitely I know I'm sorry I warned okay. I'm
1: sorry. so you, you're saying that uh, the the uh, there are
0: levels that you don't like <laughs>
1: that's so what there levels saying. I don't
0: like and because it doesn't play to the game's strength the game's strength is it's an incredible shooter where I, I want to be shooting stormtroopers and a lot of this game uh, you get away from that and it feels like it's paying fan service to someone that's like what are the chances <laughs> okay. no this is happening well, again now and I know the chances year. are 100%. So,
1: Good well job. done, Christian.
0: Hey, Jeff.
1: Jeff. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. You're not sorry. Um, we'll circle back because uh, I, I want to thank Kurt, who I met at BGG Con, who's a fan of the show and uh, hooked me up with a copy. So, he's like – he works at EA. and He's like, hey, I love the show. I want to make sure you play this. Here it is. And what are it. you playing on? Uh, I wanted
0: to play it on Xbox One, but he handed me a PS4 copy, so I'm <laughs> playing <it> on PS4. <laughs> well, the good news, I mean, I'm not spoiling, like, I'm not spoiling plot, which also becomes very like you'd expect it. Um, but again, it doesn't, it doesn't hide the ball with what's happening. It was just mismarketed, kind of the same way Halo or you know. But it, it's weird, it's weird the way they did. Because I think if they had marketed it this way, I think more people would have been hyped about the campaign because.
1: But it was supposed to be a surprise, and now it's not because of you.
0: I don't think it's supposed <laughs> to be a surprise because it's not a it's not a big reveal. A level just starts, and then you're like, right. "What? Okay, <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh, we'll circle back on that." Um,
1: Wolfenstein. Uh, yeah, I, how I'm far I'm are you? Not, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm a ways. Um... <sighs> Christian, what do I say about Wolfenstein Two? Double I'm going to finish the character. Something? that uh, no. uh thumbs down for what? me um it is not my jam uh i i think the story is is interesting so far um i th- completed new york so i'm or still super early i mean i haven't even oh pre- yeah, you're pre- super early three of the missions that i played in pre-events uh press events that i was at um so i'm still super early i think i'm past that but that's the last memorable thing i can think of right now Here's my issue with this game. I know you played on easy Christian, which I think slants your perception of this game, which is that it's not a fun shooter. In my opinion, it's uh, not
0: doom is so much better. So,
1: so much, better. much better. I mean, there's like, I could name 50 shooters that are better. I think it does a really poor job of, uh, just sort of letting you know you're being shot. Yeah. And, and from where and from where and what, and, the shooting is not hmm. satisfying. I mean, if you look at, at the pure, beautiful joy of Destiny 2, for example, just the reason people spend hours and lifetimes in that universe is because it's just the mechanics devoid of any context are pleasurable. It is joyous to shoot guns in that game. The, the pure laser pistol mechanic in, in Destiny 2 is pleasing it it feels right it you feel powerful you you get cool you know feedback numbers shoot off of people and stuff like that. which isn't to say that numbers shooting off people is the only way to do it but they happen to just find a way for them that does it perfectly right wolfenstein is a very old school is in an old school tradition and i think intentionally so it's of a time period and sort of a descendant of, uh, you know, the first first-person shooter of all time, um, and I think it try to it tries to bring forward some of that DNA, and I think that's just a bad design decision because it's inherently not pleasurable for me. Results may vary, but for me, it's not pleasurable to to even just play the game. I think the narrative uh, thing that they're going to do, and I'm going to finish this game so Christian and I can do a spoiler talk about it, but I think the narrative thing they're trying to do is interesting and ambitious and cool and a wild and over the top and like you can't really have this kind of thing in any other narr- any other medium, which is which is interesting. But I don't mm. like playing the game. I don't. And I and I. So I'm why tr- aren't you
0: playing on easy?
1: Well. I may end up just to get through it, just, but just that's it. A, a sad commentary. I no, think. it's not. Because it you're playing, is, it's, you're it, playing it
0: this game for a different reason, and I think if you go back and well, then why watch, don't I just
1: watch the YouTube of all the cutscenes strewn together? But it's different. It's
0: and whether I'm not going to sit here and argue that games make you violent because you're engaging with them. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go that far. But like, there is something different about being the one doing the thing versus right. watching the thing. And, but I
1: don't and, think that playing on easy is a fair representation. Like you you can be very positive about the game because all of the faults in its mechanics fall to the wayside because you can just stand in the middle of the room and shoot people
0: and no it's not how
1: the game is meant to be played no well says you it's an it says, option that develop- the developed there's five other difficulty levels it's it's not like so? there's just medium hard and easy there's like there's five of them and easy is literally like I'm a bullet um, sponge, and my enemies aren't. <laughs> and they
0: still are. It, it, I, I, you, you've bought into this notion that Halo Combat Evolved has you know, kind of first championed, that there's a correct way to play a game.
1: I don't th- I'm not, no, I'm not saying that there's a correct way to play the game. I'm saying that you're, if you're playing uh, 20% of the available options of how people uh, uh, appreciate this game that's a pretty skewed vision of how the game is is uh,
0: encountered by most people and i, I think i don't think so i think i think a lot of people played this game either on the second to easiest or easiest setting i play all of the uncharted games on the easiest settings and those are some of my favorite games of all time it's it's the experience that you want it to be and i agree even on easy the combat isn't phenomenal but i wasn't playing this game for the combat just like i'm not playing pick a game mario cross rabbits for the story right and so people say it's it's like you saying if if, if you skip those cutscenes in that style of game me saying well that's a sad state to the way that you're supposed to play you're like well no you're playing it for the mechanic or the puzzle or the whatever and the story didn't grab you so here the combat didn't necessarily grab me parts of it are fun parts of it bogged down especially on the harder difficulties so i did my best to eliminate that part of the
1: i have other criticisms that have mm. nothing to do with the 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 difficulty of the combat too. I think
0: the the level design, while I talked about, go back and listen. I think you'll see that I talked about all this. But you, I also then just sung the positives of the experience of the story. But yes, go ahead. The Fair level enough. design is, is... Uh,
1: so so. You agree that the level design is bad? Um, I mean, I, I they are are to be commended for always having multiple ways through a place and lots of side. Things and way to find like secret way to sneak around the back of a guy and all that stuff is is cool from a level design perspective, but almost invariably it's confusing and uh, unhelpful. The minimap is wildly unhelpful and frustrating. Invisible walls Whoa. everywhere, and it, it's just.
0: Yeah. And I'd heard when I was streaming this game that you know people saying well, that too is maybe a throwback because the first game is literally a maze. Like right. it's the idea of this game is supposed to be that way. I also feel like the the levels in, in Wolfenstein to um, trade air quote authenticity for um, can, like enjoyable level design where like the stairs, like a spiral staircase will go down and you can get stuck behind this thing because that's how a staircase would be. That's how a house would be designed. But like I don't need a room <laughs> that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, give me interesting level design. but. I think all of your criticisms of the game are, are spot on, but I still, I think Sharif, uh you yeah, well, we need to play this game. I don't know if anyone on Spawn on Me is playing it. I've missed the last couple episodes you guys yeah. have done because of travel. But well, I, I, I own game. the
2: game. I just haven't, you know, I've been so into Assassin's Creed. Like, when I set up my PC to play a game, now it's Assassin's Creed. Um,
1: I'd much rather play But, but I do Creed. have a question, though. Did you guys
2: enjoy Wolfenstein The New Order?
0: Yes. Very much. Christian loved it. Okay. I so, did not.
2: so uh, Jeff, is this kind of more of the same from that or do you think it's actually worse than that?
0: It
1: definitely feels, it feels like a more ambitious narrative than that. Uh, and is really, is really biting off a lot in, in, in that sense of this alternate fiction and creating, just going balls out on a, a crazy vision of, of a future with wild characters and, and, yeah, it's got something that it wants to say and that's clear. And I think much more than the first game did. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I didn't love the shooting okay, mechanics in the first game either. So yeah. And
2: that, yeah, because like, I'm trying to diagnose if this is like a situation where if it's like, if you like the first one, you'll like the second one. If you don't like the first one, you won't like the second one.
0: Yeah. the the first one in my opinion well one i think sure if, if you're playing on pc you'll find it more enjoyable i think it's built more for pc i think both all, doom is as well i think doom handled the transition to console better but i think it's movement speed the fact that you won't be aiming down iron sights th- as much because when you pull up your iron sights in wolfenstein your gun obscures at least a third of your screen where like in destiny and halo and stuff like that call of duty it doesn't do that um and with a mouse, you kind of don't need to pull up iron sights because you have the accuracy of mouse and keyboard. Um, I also think in Wolfenstein 2, while you can be stealthy, they go more for these big battles. That In Wolfenstein 1, I feel like there were a couple of those, but a lot of that game, I, it introduced that stealth mechanic, explore the world, and you didn't have as many encounters with like eight mechs. And
1: I feel like this game is constantly pushing me to go stealth you know the fact that you you show up in an area and instantly it says that the bad leader is over here and if he freaks out then he calls everyone else so kill him stealthily i I don't know are you ever able to do that
0: i've done it a couple of times a couple of times yeah it's not (laughs) easy and i think in wolfenstein 1 it was a little easier i think this has that same mechanic and i don't know if it's intentional because you you start this game um not at full strength um and it's i don't know so
1: if, frustrating
0: Ugh. uh-huh and i don't know if, i don't know if it's supposed to make you feel that way because i think yeah, it is i mean i should have asked the devs that because i was like
1: is my build broken <laughs> on one of these press events i only have 50 health and every time i get more than 50 health i go down to 50 health like so oh, that's
0: intentional it's like I, is there a setting <laughs> i think i think and 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 maybe i'm Projecting genius that where it isn't there, but I think it's supposed to remind you of the first game where you get into this thing, take out the commander, use stealth to do this. And in the first game, you were this super powered killing machine throughout all of it, and you would go and do that. In this game, you're trained that that in Wolfenstein 2, you're trained that that's how you're supposed to do it, but you only have 50% health. And for me, at least half the time, even when I went all the way to easy, I wasn't able to do it. I'd be spotted and I'd be like, crap. And it's this idea of you as BJ Blazkowicz struggling with you know what you are what you're built to do but you're not as good at it and because of that his internal monologue is what's going to happen what's my legacy what am I going to leave behind and in that regard the frustration if intentional is brilliant is it fun oh god no (laughs) but what are the demands of you as the player right what's your take
1: Sharif on this on the the difficulty level argument I mean do you think that playing on easy And then saying the game's great is.
2: I don't say the combat's great, though. But I do think it is. It is fine to criticize a game if, at its normal recommended difficulty, there are still issues with. What do you mean recommended? um, Because it's not just a bullet sponge thing that you were talking about, Jeff. Like you were talking about direction of where people are firing, you know, and things like that. I think that those are criticisms that can be a little bit masked by an easier level because you're just not dying as fast i have no problem with people playing on like easy i play games on like a easy it's fine um
1: oh don't don't get me wrong i'm not saying there's anything wrong with playing on easy i'm not i'm not you know you know i'm not doing that i'm not i'm not uh, difficulty (laughs) shaming not even close um no uh, I don't don't yeah, oh, yeah, I don't no, I hope so, the listeners sorry, don't, don't and, get me like, right No, I either. wasn't trying to insinuate that at know. all.
2: Um, but you know, but I do yeah. think that yeah, I would criticize a game if at its normal difficulty level, if they're not going for sort of a dark soulish kind of vibe with the difficulty, which I haven't really heard from from the marketing or from the general buzz around this game. If they're not right. going for that, then yes, I think that I, I would criticize a game for you know for uh you know for kind of being haltering progress because of things like direction like not being able to tell the direction of shots and stuff yeah i don't
1: want i don't let me just say one other quick thing because i I don't want to get it further confused and i know we're kind of beating a dead horse here but it's also important for me to, to to think that it's not just That it's difficult. Right. I know people difficulty is kind of this weird taboo word, especially when you bring up dark souls and stuff, because people like that. And there's nothing wrong with difficulties per se. What I'm saying is the in the inherent mechanisms are frustrating and not frustrating because they're difficult this is obviously for me, if you're awesome at Wolfenstein, save your emails. You don't have to tell me that I'm just bad. (laughs) DLCfeedback at gmail.com. Yeah. But you can, you can send them, but yeah. Um, For me, it's, it is inherently a frustrating endeavor that is mitigated by just going, Oh, well I can just take more hits instead of addressing the key concept, which is, Hey, the shooting isn't very good.
0: Well, it's, I think the criticism still I think completed the game on easy those criticisms are still there I think if you are listeners go back and listen to me talking about the game or you can watch my streams it's still there you still realize that finding out lo- locating enemies isn't great um that enemies still take too much to take down that the there's problems with the combat of the game in the game and I, so I think all of those things are valid I don't think reducing the difficulty changes any of those critiques of the game and I think as a as a critic or personality or whatever voice in gaming i think you can recognize and critique a game on any difficulty level and i don't think one or the other makes that critique less valid um i think you you know disclose to your audience how you played it and and how it presented and i think if if a developer, and again, like Bungie and Halo, I think, popularized this theory of it's meant to be played on whatever they said. Not even the default on that. It was one up from that is what they said it was meant to be played on to get the true experience. Like if there's only one way for me to experience your game, don't give me an option. Guess what? Destiny? There's no difficulty option in Destiny 2. There's just the game. And if there's an option for me to change the game for anyone to say... That that's not the right way or the intended way, or you can't then heap praise or criticism on a game because of the difficulty level in which you played it. Get out of town. Get out of town. Stop it. Of course, that's that's ludicrous. Because well, it's, I, I don't
1: ahead. I don't disagree with the point you made about you know it, the important part is disclosing it, which you weren't you know you weren't not mentioning that you did mention that, so that's fair. And I think that yeah, you, you you're more than welcome to. Uh, play the game at any difficulty and have the comments you have i'm not saying you did anything wrong i'm just saying that i think sometimes things i think it might be slightly misleading to understand how the proportion of how much it feels wrong to me and how, how much i didn't like the game is based on a lot of that feeling and that feeling was accentuated because I wasn't playing it on easy, but it's not like I was playing it on hard yeah. either. You know, it was, And it, it, it's not that it was and not that the game was difficult. It's just that the, it didn't feel fun because all of the things that were wrong with it were enhanced by the fact that I also was. Yeah. Dying
2: I, I think over of over like as a difficulty, as you said, when we're you know, dark souls cuphead, all this stuff, that's something that, you know, is difficult, but if you play it enough, you'll start to recognize the patterns, get better and better and succeed. When it's a mechanics issue, right. that's a little different because that's like, you know, yes, you can get better at, you know, um, sort of avoiding the mechanics or subverting them, um, or doing something like, you know, like a lowering the like a, the like difficulty level, you know, to to sort of get around it. You know, as I said, playing on whatever levels fine, but I I, I would cri- I would give some criticism to a game where I felt like. You know, I had to do that just to get through and have an enjoyable time. But
1: yeah, I think that's the that's the key point, right? Is like I, I have I feel like I have to play it on easier, else I won't play it. I don't know. That's that's a, a bad thing.
0: Let uh, it go. Let it go.
1: Let it go. Um, all right, uh, I will let that go, uh, and I'm sure people will say that. You know, we're just wrong. Also, that the game is easy and they breeze through it on the killer difficulty, and we're just bad.
0: Which is probably again, true. The, the critiques of the game aren't its difficulty; it's its mechanics and how it's, uh, it it feels, especially Agreed. compared to Doom. Hey, I want to tell you about
1: Audible, guys. Oh my goodness, do I love audiobooks and spoken word entertainment! You're listening to spoken word entertainment right now. Who knew? DLC, the podcast, is, is some of that. Audible is professionally designed. I mean, these are these are the great works. These are uh, pulp fun books. These are thousands and thousands of titles. The thing I use Audible for, and, and, and this has served me well in my life, uh, is as a temptation, is as a reward. Uh, I will use uh, an audiobook to... As I say at the beginning of this show, power me through a workout or a run. I love getting hooked on a story and getting pulled through my chores or my workouts or whatever uh, or my commutes for that matter. And uh, that's the reason that I I save that stuff and and it makes me do those things so I can find out the next bit of the story. Audible has – oh my god. All the stories? I think they have all – I think the rule is they have all – of the books, all of the great things, thousands and thousands and thousands. Um, I love the, their little thing that they say here for audible resolving to cook more, let the sauce simmer while the plot thickens chores seem endless. Polish your car while you shine up your life. Laundry won't do itself. Rinse and spin while you soak up inspiration. Whoever wrote this is a, <laughs> a, a, a dang genius. Uh, I'm in love with the, the the text here. I can't improve on that. Enjoy a walk in the park. Add a twist in the plot. Turn walking the dog into the biggest adventure of the day. This is just, I mean, come on. I should just read this. I mean, this. that
0: last one's a little, depending on how you read it, but go ahead. Uh, it's just, I should just read this verbe-
1: verbatim. Uh, so Audible, leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. This is audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, so much, and magazines, newspaper publishers are even putting stuff on Audible. You get a membership that gives you one free audiobook a month, exclusive sales of thirty percent off all regularly priced audiobooks. You have your free apps on your iPhone, iPad, Android, Windows Phone. Even both of you <laughs> out there that have Windows phones, I was sitting next yes. to a lady on the plane yesterday who had a Windows phone. I was like, "What? Solid what OS? Uh, solid OS for sure." Um, don't, as long as you don't want apps. Um, but they do have the, uh, the Audible app. So there you go. You can download and listen to it, pick it up free, keep it going. It's, uh, it's not a streaming or rental service. You own your books. It's so great. And they have a great listen guarantee. If you don't like it, you can swap it out for a different book. I'm going to give you a suggestion for a book the book that I read. Hey, why not listen to me read an audiobook? This is a science fiction book called Traveling in Space by Stephen Paul Leva. It is a comedy science book. Uh, it, I I find it delightful. I thought it was really fun. The idea is it's what if a uh, first contact happened? First contact with aliens happened, but it happened from the perspective of the aliens. So aliens meeting humans for the first time, figuring us out and all what that means. It's hilarious and fun. I did like 40 character voices in it. So if you're delighted by my my Mickey Mouse in this episode, just wait. I have 40 other voices in this, in this thing. Um, we're going to hook you up. We'll give you a free audiobook. Why not try traveling in space? Or if you don't want to try traveling in space, and really, you should try traveling in space. You're about to hear me later on the show do my parting gift, and it's a book. It's Oathbringer. So, spoiler for my parting gift, but get on that train, get on the Stormlight Archive train, because that is an awesome book series. You can listen to it on audiobook. Really, really cool with Audible. We'll give you a 30 day trial membership. All you got to do is go to audible.com slash DLC, A U D I B L E dot com slash DLC, and then you get a free audiobook, 30 day trial membership. And the joy of listening to uh, that stuff. Do it! Right now, right now. That is right. The triumphant return of tabletop time to this very show, ladies and gentlemen. And that's because I spent a delightful weekend at Board Game Geek Con. If you ever have an opportunity to attend Board Game Geek Con, BGG Con, I highly recommend it. I got to tell you guys, it was, I think, my favorite convention I've ever been to. And I've been to a lot of conventions. And this is, it's like a convention like conventions used to be where it was literally people convening to do a thing. <laughs> Cuz we think of conventions now it's like ooh, announcements and panels and uh, superstars and all that. BGG Con is like, "Hey, we all like board games. Let's all go to the same hotel for a weekend and play them."
0: <laughs> I don't know, they flew out Jeff Kanata, so I think that I think they had superstars covered already.
1: They did fly me out. They I was there uh, as one of three special four special guests, but one of them was was only there for the first half. Um, And I, I don't know how I rank among them because I, I, I was by far the least, I would want to see me at least (laughs) Uh, uh, rich summer was there. Rich summer is a friend of mine and uh, also an actor, you know, from mad men and glow and a lot of other stuff. Um, He's awesome, but he is a massive board game fan. Really the guy that got me into board games in a large sense. Um, cause I went to a board game night at his house when I was just learning about them. And he was like, Oh, here, look at all this stuff. And I was like, Whoa, I have to own all of that. Um, so he was there and he's been there like six years in a row. Eric Lang, the board game designer, uh, who has designed uh, amazing, many, amazing games, blood rage and uh, the others and Marvel dice masters and uh, many, many, many games. Uh, and, uh, Rob Davio who friend of the show, Rob Davio, um, of legacy fame, risk legacy, pandemic legacy, seafall, on, 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 on. Uh, Rob, unfortunately, w- was splitting his time between that and PAX Unplugged, so he wasn't there when I was there, but um, it was the f- four of us. But the, the cool thing about the, the convention was it was uh, just thousands of people with the biggest board game library that you could go and check out anything you want. The biggest board game library I have ever seen. I don't know if either of you saw my instagram of me walking through the board game library library but it's a sight to behold it's like shangri-la of board games it's an amazing thing it's just endless i don't know how they transport those thousands of games around but they do and you have these giant uh hall <laughs> this giant um what do they call it a uh, at a hotel you know this is banquet hall that's what i'm looking for and thousands of people playing board games and super friendly and will teach you games and you can, it's just amazing. It was so positive and warm and friendly and good people. And I saw all kinds of really cool things. They had giant dexterity games there, like oversized crazy stuff going on. There's a, a, a competitive top thing that they do every year at late at night where people dress up and compete like WWE style with tops, literally spin a top oh. in a little container and who, whichever of the four people's tops is the last one spinning as they bump into each other and knock them, you know, into the sides of the container, and all that stuff uh, is the winner. And people are cheering and chanting, and it's, oh, it's a blast, <laughs> so much fun stuff. And I played about a billion D games uh, because I did not sleep. Because all I want to do is play more games because they had, they have the hot games list, which is like stuff that's directly from Essen in Germany, which you can't even get here in the United States yet. Yeah, so much great stuff. So I don't have time to go into all of it. But I will t- tell you about a couple of them. I want to tell you about Meeple Circus because I think both of you guys would find it delightful, as I did. Uh, Meeple Circus, I think is like number eight right now on, on the BGG hot list games list is, is big buzz game. One of those hot games. Uh, do you guys know what a Meeple is? I do not know. I could guess, but no. Okay. Uh, a Meeple is oh, sort of the designer board game mascot. It's like, uh, it is a wooden token that is in the shape of like a little person. It's got arms and legs and a head. And they're used as markers in a lot of games. And because uh, designer board games, as they were happening, you know, just a few years ago, as they were coming into existence, the meeple was introduced and it became sort of the symbol for board games. So you'll see the this sort of five pronged little man, and there's a lot of games that use them. And there's a lot of games that have like custom meeples that are variations on that theme. Um, Well, this game called meeple circus is circus themed and you have these little people, meeple, These little characters, little wooden tokens that are in the shape of human beings. But also you have a bunch of other meeples in the shape of animals, circus animals, like horses and elephants and tigers. And you have barrels, little wooden barrel tokens and like planks and all kinds of weird stuff. And you start with only a couple of them. And then everybody in this auction phase, uh, bids on, and acquires uh, new pieces into their collection. So you get new pieces into your collection. And then there is a timed sequence where you create a little tableau in front of you on your little circus pad. Everybody has their own little tableau. And you try to stack them in very specific, precarious uh, formations based on uh, a series of scoring tokens that come into play that tell you if you, for example, stack two of the, of the people uh, on top of a plank, then you'll get X number of points. Or if you put an elephant on top of a person with another person on top of the elephant, you get Y number of points. So there's these very strange, precarious little balancing acts that you have to do. And you create this little circus performance in front of you with stacking these meeples sort of Jenga style, but they're all... Odd shaped, so you have much more difficulty getting them to stay there. And the way that the game times you doing that is through an app that plays ridiculous circus music. So it's like, so you're like frantically trying to make your little meeples balance on one another uh, before the time runs out, before the song ends, as your hands are shaking and you're knocking things over, and they're all so (laughs) precarious. It's wild fun. We were uproariously laughing throughout it. It's just a silly, wacky, goofy game, but I bet both of you guys would have a blast playing it.
2: Sweet. I'll have to check it out.
1: It's called Meeple Circus. Meeple Circus. Uh, Another game I'll mention real quickly is called Hunt for the Ring. This is a game that's just coming out now. It's a Lord of the Rings style game where um, we've I've talked about several games like this. They're kind of popular right now. One against many. So, the new Doom board game is like that. One person plays all the bad guys, and everybody else plays uh, marines, and you you have everybody against one person. So, that is very common. That you know, one person plays all the bad forces, and everybody else is the good forces. Well, Hunt for the Ring is Lord of the Rings themed, but it flips it on its head where everybody else is playing Nazgul and the single person is playing. The fellowship is playing Frodo trying to get the ring to Mordor. And the game is in two phases, two sides of the board. The first half of the game, you're just trying to get from bag end to Rivendell. And then after that, you're trying to get from Rivendell to Mordor, I think. And um, it's kind of this like, Uh, catch catch the person in, in, on the board. Uh, Frodo can move secretly and everybody, all the other players are coordinating their Nazgul movements to try to trap Frodo, figure out where he is to track him as he moves through the area. So you can use your senses to try to find out where he was last and try to narrow him down. And if you get him, you infect him with your evil and, uh, and prevent him from getting to Mordor. It's, it's great. It's not my favorite game, but it is pretty interesting and a cool twist on this, this very popular genre of one against many because the good guy is the one, which is not usually how it works. Um, but very thematic for, for Lord of the Rings, really high component quality and uh, a pretty interesting little game, Hunt for the Ring. All right, Shrief. You uh, you listed a game, Dungeon World, uh, on here. Let me t- tell me about that. Yeah.
2: So, um, you know, so I've, I've been uh, playing this game with uh, my girlfriend and another friend as well. Um, it's been pretty cool. I mean, you know, we we uh, were in a fantasy world. We have our character sheets. You know, good stuff. Um, and I'm playing as a ranger. Um, uh, and uh, I actually. Uh, my uh, nickname which i'm very proud of in the game is uh ranger stranger danger which i think is uh pretty great <laughs> i like that um and uh, yeah you know our our uh, friend who who is the the uh, gm is just very very good um at uh setting up like this world um and yeah we we haven't played in a little bit because i've been out of town so we haven't played in a couple weeks but we've definitely played a bunch of times but we played on a weekly basis And man, you know, this is like, you know, I haven't done a lot of tabletop as of late, but man, this is like, when we play, it's literally like, I get the same feeling that, you know, I do when I'm immersed in in a video game, you know, Um, except that in this game, uh, I've almost died several times because I just cannot roll well, (laughs) like I just have bad luck. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There. I just been have there. bad luck with, with the dice, so I've been trying to up the uh, stats that give me extra points on uh, some of the rolls. Um, but wow, yeah, it's 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 super fun. Um, when I told a lot of people that I was playing it, um, I did get a lot of uh, negativity on Dungeon World. I guess it's pretty divisive. I guess hmm. there's some people that really don't like it. Um, but for me, I think it's great. I don't know it.
1: It uh, it looks like it's relatively recent. Twenty twelve is the first printing. It's um, a, a tabletop um, RPG rule set. Uh, I don't. I'm not familiar with it, so it's interesting that you're playing that. Um, but yeah, it looks looks cool. It looks high quality.
2: For, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. It's 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 like very fun. It is a little overwhelming at first if you haven't done a lot of this like before. There are a lot of different stats and you have to unlock moves and you know track your health and yeah. damage and armor and all that stuff um but you know as long as you have somebody to walk you through it, i think this is definitely the most accessible tabletop thing that i've done um and i think it's great so like i think if you're looking for something to play with some friends or some people that like might not have either done it in a while or even never done it at all um i would say suggest Just this one as long as you have an experienced uh gm i think you'll i think i think you'll have a great time
1: so again that's called dungeon world uh christian you played a board game recently
0: yeah this is quick it's a game we've all heard of it's called guess who and my folks got estelle for her fifth birthday like the classic edition which looks like as i'm assuming most of us listening will remember it and i think it's easy to write off that game uh but for that my daughter just turned five. She loves it. I see how her brain is working in terms of like recognizing different character types. And, um, and part of it is like, hey, it's profiling. It's not the best game, realizing that we're all different. But I think if you teach it well, it's like, hey, we're all different, but isn't that beautiful? You know, whatever. Um, it's easy. I, I think I have jokes about guess who. Uh, it's easy to pick fun at, at, at a game that's like, is this person this? Gross. Um, don't, don't do that if you are a parent teaching your child this game. Um, but it's interesting, I think, from a from a learning perspective to see her uh, with the idea of, like, does this person have yellow hair? No. Oh, okay, I need to then put down the other thing, where it's, like, as an adult, that's easy, but as a kid learning the concept of yes, no, it, it's almost like the idea of, like, may I open the door? Or, you know, like, or can I? Yes, you can. May I? It's, it's similar to that. Um, she loves it, though, and she's played with a couple of other younger friends. Uh, I feel like for the three- to six-year-old... Uh, you can find it cheap and it, you know, it's the same game, you know, when you're a little and that click, 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 click sound, it's still, oh, it's still satisfying. It's so good when you just get to do like a huge run. Like if your first question is, is your person bald? And they say, yes. Oh, <laughs> it's like a <laughs> Pachinko machine. You're like, Brrr.
1: It's great. It's great. Guess who? All right, moving on. I want to thank our third sponsor. I'm wearing my simple contacts right now. What are my simple contacts? Well, they're contacts from a whole variety of different manufacturers, the contacts that I need, but I got them in a simple way. It is so simple to get simple contacts. And I got to tell you, I loved the process. It it allowed me to avoid uh, all of the complicated thing of going in and, you know, going to the optometrist and getting your uh, new prescription. If if your prescription isn't going to change, why do you have to do all that? Simple Contacts does it all for you with an app. What? How does that work? Well, let me tell you. It's really cool. You load up the Simple Contacts app. You set your phone uh, uh, the designated distance away, and it does an eye test for you. And then, even cooler than that, they run it by... They're licensed doctor. So every single eye test that you do on your phone with a simple contact app is reviewed by a licensed doctor. And then you receive your renewed prescription and order your brand of lenses so they can renew your prescription, get your lenses much faster, much easier. You don't have to make an appointment. You don't have to leave your house. It's all done so easily <coughs> because simple contacts is simple. Hence the name simple contacts and they get you contacts. So that's why it's called simple contacts. Because it's simple and you get contacts. Do it. It's so great. Uh all you got to do to get started is uh use our promo code go to simplecontacts.com/dlc, use our promo code DLC, get yourself $30 off your contacts. That's pretty co- pretty cool. And show your support for our show. That's simplecontacts.com/slash DLC. The promo code DLC. I have to tell you this isn't a replacement for your periodic full sure. eye health exam. So it does not obviously does not check for uh you know the the potential eye diseases you may have, you know, which is very important when they x-ray your eye and look for tears and stuff like that. But in the interim, that's you know your your periodic eye health exam. You need to do that. In the interim, get your contacts renewed. So easy. Your prescription renewed, get your contacts, save money, get them sent right to your house. It's so great. Simplecontacts.com slash DLC, promo code DLC. I use them, I love them. I'm not gonna stop down. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. We're gonna pause. We're gonna just take a breath. Yeah, just let it it hang awkwardly there for a second, and here we go. And by here we go, I mean I'm not ready. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of DLC. We do have a parting gift coming up, so stick around for that. But Sharif Jackson, thank you so much for being here once again. Oh, absolutely, sir, man. As always,
2: as always, thank you so much.
1: And thanks for being here uh, late at night. I'm getting a little punchy. Uh, it's, it's late for me. Um, I'm sure it's even later for you in Milwaukee. Tell people where they can follow you and your sure. exploits uh, online. So,
2: so if you go to SharifJackson.com, S-H-A-R-E-F-Jackson.com, uh, click on the My Projects, and that links out to everything. That links out to the Spawn on Me podcast, uh, which I record on Twitch um, with Khalif Adams, Cicero Holmes, and Tanya DePass. Um, on thursday evenings um you can also subscribe on itunes as well um that also goes to my gaming looks good youtube series at gaminglooksgood.com. It um and also goes to my twitch stream uh where i stream under reef jackson every friday uh from two to five central um so check me out at all those places and on twitter of course at sharif jackson
1: awesome christian spicer what do you got going on this week
0: well, I just want to vouch for all of Sharif's stuff. Not that anyone needs me to, but if you don't, do, I, I watch the streams a lot when I'm, when I'm around no, and able to, and they're great. I think uh, my personal favorite is your Mario Rabbids. was, oh, that uh, was a lot
2: of fun. A Thank delight.
0: <laughs> uh, those are great. Um, uh wait me 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 now back to me 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 um I will be in Salt Lake City with Justin Wilman December fourteenth fifteenth sixteenth and seventeenth I think that's Thursday through Sunday at Wise Guys come to those shows they're going to be awesome I can I, I can already feel it Justin is just the best just the best I'm so excited to work with him for this like long weekend and uh it's not in L A so if you're not in L A come to that. Um, also Movember, I still have my mustache going. Uh, if you saw us live on my Twitch, you see it, uh, it's there, it's still there. And what that is doing, if you go to my website, christianspicer.com, um, you can find the link. I'm raising money for St. Jude's who's helping people, kids battle cancer, and I will match your donation. So I will donate to the Movember Foundation, which is men's health issues. And also to one American appeal, which is hurricane relief. So you'll get a, spend some money tax into the year tax write-off deduction. And I turns one I'll turn your $1 into three. Uh, so do that help kids, right? Help kids and bankrupt me. Um, <laughs> someone asked if I have a cutoff. I do. I don't know what it is, but I'd love to get there. Like if someone just dropped, like here's 10 G's and I'm just like, Oh God, <laughs> I can't, I can't match that. Uh, but thank you. Uh, and then as of, we were recording this happy birthday, uncharted. I just wanted to give a shout out to Uncharted. who turned- If you're listening, Uncharted. Happy yeah. Happy birthday. You turned 10 and you're one of my favorite game franchises. So happy birthday. You Somehow, I wish I could be so fortunate and look better has the way Drake fan. does over the t- those 10 years. He looks better now than he ever has. Indeed.
1: Um, I have a lots of other stuff for you to listen to as well, if you're so inclined, including a daily video game show. I do newest, latest, best every single day. It's about ten minutes long, keeps you up to date, uh, fills in the gaps of this show. There's lots of stories that we don't have time to touch on in the weekly show, and I do have time because I'm I'm getting at you every single day, seven days a week, at newest, latest, best. So find it on your podcast player of choice, or visit anchor.fm/nlb. A lot of really cool. Stuff happening there. We do a thing every Sunday where we talk about people's it. top five games I of all it. time. Which I really, I, yeah, it's like my favorite thing. It's so fun. Um, in fact, uh, i have years? not.
2: Uh, I, I you got to do, gotta have do it that, man. Ready, I would love so to have you on. Yeah,
1: I would be very grateful if you did. Um, also, uh, we have concerns that we have concerns.com, although we're taking a, a Thanksgiving week off and uh the /filmcast will be there with our league uh, justice league review this week so check that out at slash /filmcast.com as well all right guys let's wrap the show up with our parting gift Sharif, do you have something to help people yes. get through their so week?
2: I discovered The Good Place. Um, and if you don't know what The Good Place is, it is mm-hmm. a uh, – I guess it's a sitcom, but it is a, a, a televised show that's on season two right now. Um, the first season is on Netflix, um, which is where I found out about it. Um, it is mm-hmm. best to go in not reading too much about it but essentially like the good place is the equivalent for what you would think of as heaven. Um, so a woman wakes up there and hijinks ensue. Um, it is extremely well-written. It is hilarious. Like the dialogue is phenomenal. Um, it gives me vibes of when I first started watching a show like the office in the, in terms of the way that jokes kind of just all bounce off of each other. There's a lot of awkward looks and side eyes and, it's just really, really good. And the way that they develop the plot is great. Um, so it's really bizarre. Um, and it kind of embraces that. It's something that I honestly was not expecting to be on network TV, um, but it is great. Um, so I binged all of season one. Um, I've not started season two yet, but I leave there, I believe they're up to about episode seven or so um, now. So I need, it's so funny that you you
1: bring this up because uh, I just started watching it this weekend on the plane. I, I somebody else had recommended it to me, and I love the new feature with Netflix yes. where you can download locally to your device. And so I've I've watched the first five so far, and I I totally agree. It's it is delightful and funny. I love ga- I love shows that have a, a bit of magic in yeah. them, and this this one certainly does. It's got wonderful rules, yeah, and and it's world. very diverse it's
2: as well. Um, you know, which which I ap- appreciate. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's awesome.
1: The good place, Christian. What is your parting gift?
0: Uh, for my birthday, which was recently, uh, my wife got me a Harrington style jacket, and I have now completed my jacket collection of men's basics. I have a. Heavy Did I miss hoodie. your birthday.
1: When was your birthday?
0: Uh, this was the fourteenth.
1: Happy, oh, happy birthday,
0: birthday, dude! Thanks, man. I, I don't have it. Birthday. I don't think I have it out anywhere, but I don't. I don't not. You know what I mean. I don't. Whatever. Uh, I'm sure I spoke to you on that
1: day, and I didn't even say it.
0: (laughs) I just turned 21, Uh, but it's. I'm a fan of basics, and uh, I have timeless basics. So the Harrington, if you don't know it, it's James Dean, um, James Bond, the most Daniel Craig and James Bond uh all the james is also uh he wore it too big it's supposed to be a it's a european cut but also bush uh uh when he went to the the twin towers after they fell which is a a much more tragic time to be wearing a harrington but they're incredible they're timeless and you'll always look good in them and i love mine so much
1: we got a listener parting gift which you can always submit by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com any kind of email works Uh, If you want to just talk about the show, tell us what you like or dislike. Uh, But also you can send us parting gifts. This one was sent by a listener by the name of Ralph. He says, I have a great idea for a parting gift for your listeners. This week, it's time for the annual Desert Bus for Hope fundraiser. That's at DesertBus.org. And it's also streaming on Twitch. He says you have to really experience it to begin to understand, but in a nutshell, it's a group of sketch and improv comedians along with very dedicated volunteers that come together every year to play the world's worst, most boring video game desert bus nonstop for as long as they can. While people donate money to see the rest of the group perform comedy songs and general tomfoolery and silliness. There are lots of auctions, giveaways and Collins revolving around all kinds of geek and pop culture goodness. Each consecutive hour of gameplay gets a little more, expensive for as long as the donations keep coming in the crew will keep playing the money goes to child's play a charity that provides video games toys and books to children in hospitals and domestic violence shelters the desert bus for hope crew now in its 11th year is close to hitting a donation total of four million dollars wow that's awesome kickoff was uh friday november 17th and the run generally lasts for about six days so it should go through thanksgiving he says i think this is a great match for my fellow dlc listeners interests, so it'd be great if you could give them a shout out as part of the parting gift and perhaps go and check this out it's become a cherished tradition at my house to watch every possible minute of this for one week every november and i look forward to it every year love the show keep up the great work yeah so cool, guys. It should be going on now as you hear this, and unless you really don't listen to these very timely. But uh, hopefully you are hearing this before Thanksgiving, and you can check it out. Desert Bus, <laughs> not Desert bus, 1S, 1S in desert, desertbus.org. Very cool. And as I mentioned earlier, my parting gift is the third volume of the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, currently my favorite, uh, ongoing fantasy series, it's only the third book, but each book is like over a thousand pages and these mammoth hulking things, which can be a little intimidating off-putting for new readers, especially because he says there's going to be 10 volumes of this thing.
0: But when does the HBO show start? Like when- I'm sure soon,
1: actually, this would be a tough one to do his, his, I, the thing that I like most about the Stormlight Archive is that it is not your everyday fantasy series you know it's not tolkien-esque it's not orcs and elves and the stuff that you normally see in that kind of stuff it is a completely fresh take it's it's a wholly created fantasy world that has its own rules and its own mythology and its own aliens and it's not aliens but you know crazy races and stuff it's it's different but it's got like the dna of jedis sort of in there and it would make a great video game i think but it's it's completely unique, and this is the third book. It's called Oathbringer. It just came out this week. I'm I'm like four chapters in barely, but I'm I love it. I love it. I love it. The good news too, Brandon Sanderson is a machine. He is a machine. So you can guarantee that that tenth volume will come out. Uh, so he he puts these things out at a regular pace. So uh, it's not like some other authors that will remain nameless. All right, that's it. We did it guys, a big, long, oversized episode, but it was fun. Thank you very much to Sharif Jackson and Christian Spicer for being with me on a, on a Sunday evening. And thanks to all of the folks that hung out in the chat rooms and did it with us as well. You guys are much appreciated. Remember Sundays, Sunday nights, 7 PM ish, uh, probably uh, Pacific time will be the new general start time for at least the immediate future. Uh, So hopefully some of you can join us and contribute in real time there as well. We will be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.